pray for it, Scott. Uh, forget it. We don't need it. Hey, I'm just kidding. It's so good to see everybody this morning. When I got up here just a, a moment ago to look at the announcements, a lot of y'all look like this. And I thought, you know what? They need a couple more songs. And you look so much better now that you've spent a couple of minutes in work. You didn't look too good at the, this 8 a.m. service. Amen. Doesn't always get the best face out of us. But I hope that you're grateful like I am to be here in the Lord's house this morning. Turn in your Bible to I'm done insulting your face. Matthew chapter 26. And, uh, we're, and uh, what we're doing is, it started on Father's Day, which was last week. And so if you're here this week for the power tools, you missed it. Right? I entered in all three services, never won anything. Uh, Scott entered in all three services. He won something. I hate him so much. And so, but also, uh, I want you to know that um, uh, what we started talking about last week, we're talking about character, godly character, right? And we talked about honor and who we should honor and, and what it means to be honorable and all of that. And today I want to talk to you about a characteristic that is so often missing in our society. And the word is, well, loyalty. Loyalty. Say that word with me on the count of three. One, two, three. Loyalty. Right, church? Loyalty. It's missing. Matter of fact, let's take a survey. I want 100% participation. If you're here this morning and you believe that loyalty is often missing, that there are many disloyal people in the world, would you raise your hand real quick with me? Right? There's all kinds of disloyal people in the world. Unfortunately, it's something that we have to deal with. Now, at the same time, let me ask you a question, kind of do some self-evaluation, kind of like I did. Let me ask you this question. I want 100% participation. How many of you this morning would consider yourself to be a loyal person? Raise your hand. Some of you aren't raising your hand. Well, okay, we'll work on that. I'm glad you're here this morning. Listen, basically, look at this next slide. We all say that disloyalty is a significant problem, but all of you, if you're being honest, would consider yourself to be a loyal person. A loyal person. Which the only thing I can figure is all the disloyal people go to other churches. Amen? Because we're all loyal. Right, write this down. Take some notes this morning. Look at this next slide. We have a hard time seeing our own disloyalty. We have a difficult time recognizing when we're being a little bit disloyal. It's difficult to spot our own disloyalty in the mirror. We like, basically, we like to say, hey, I'm loyal to you no matter what, thick or thin. But if I'm not, there's a good reason. If I'm not loyal to you, there's a good reason. And to be honest, you probably deserved it. You had that one coming. But if you're disloyal to me for any other reason, you're a scumbag. Right? I mean, that's how we act. It's hard to see in the mirror. I mean, have you ever betrayed anybody in your life, been disloyal? I heard a preacher tell a story that reminded me of this story when I was a kid. Now, when I was a kid, we run through neighborhoods like we owned it. Okay? Your backyard was my backyard. Okay? And so we were running through our neighborhood one time, me and another boy. I'm not going to name him. Me and another boy, about 13 years old, and we're bebopping along. And what we didn't see there, perfectly camouflaged in the grass and the leaves, was a German shepherd. Now, this German shepherd had been waiting for a moment like this. And we're just bebopping through, you know, going through this yard, taking a shortcut. 
to go home. I don't know where we're going, but we're taking a shortcut. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this German shepherd arises from the depths of hell and come and I, rah! and I'm like, ah! And what, what did I do? I said, ah! And I went to run. And as I went to run, I pushed my buddy. I had to get some leverage, right? I mean, this, you got to get moving. I pushed him towards the dog and I left him. All right? Now, the good news is the dog was on a chain and we didn't see that. Okay, but we had to talk about friendship after that, right? And he's like, man, you pushed me in front of that dog. No, I didn't, man. I was just pushing off. It's like basketball. I had to get some space. <laughs> loyalty. Now, and reality is, for us, this loyalty is a very significant issue. And it's difficult to see in the mirror. Now, in our passage, it's a passage of Scripture that we've looked at a bunch lately, so we're not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I think this is probably, if you've ever read your Bible or been in church very much, this is probably the most well-known case of disloyalty in all of the Scripture, where this guy that says, Jesus, I'm with you thick or thin, right? If they get you, they got to get me. Jesus, I'll never let you down. I'll never deny you. Look at it, Matthew 26, verse 33. Poor Peter. Peter answered and said to him, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. He said, I never will. Jesus says, you will. Right? So you know the story. They, they come and take Jesus. And some people come up to Peter and they're like, hey, weren't you with Jesus? And he's like, no, weren't you with Jesus? I don't know him. Weren't you with Jesus? I don't know the man, right? He's like, I don't know him. He denied him three times. The rooster crows. Jesus makes eye contact with him. And Peter, well, look at it. In Matthew 26, verse 70, uh, 75, if you go all the way down to verse 75, it says, so he went out and he wept bitterly. Why? Because he realized he'd been disloyal. Disloyal. He'd let Jesus down. Mr. Big Talk, small walk. Write this down. Take some notes. Real loyalty is proven, not spoken. Real loyalty is proven, not spoken. Now, okay, and I've just been so transparent with you guys. I've noticed that I've served in a few churches, right? A few more than I wanted to. I'll be honest with you. And I've served in a few churches. What I mean by that is, and when God calls me to church, I pray that it's for the rest of my life. That's my prayer. And so, um, but what I've noticed is the individuals that usually make an appointment or make it a case or make it a point to come see you and tell you how much they support the pastor, you better watch those people. That's like, warning, warning, this person ain't loyal. <laughs> right? The people that go, they stumble over themselves to tell you how supportive they are and how loyal they are and how they'll have your back no matter what. And when they walk out, I feel like I'm waiting for the rooster to crow. I'm waiting for the rooster to crow. Many people talk it. Very few people walk it. Right? They, I'm loyal. I'll never let you down. You ladies, you know it's true in your life. Baby, I love you. I'll never let you down. Me and you forever. Right? Then you blink and they're gone. Loyalty is proven, not spoken. Proverbs 20 verse 6 says, Many a man proclaims his own loyalty, but who can find a trustworthy man? We did it this morning. How many of us think we're loyal? We raised our hands. Talk to talk, but not walk to walk. Now, I'm going to show you this morning in the Bible one of my favorite examples of loyalty. Now, it's probably not one that you would think of. You may not even be aware of this story. It's loyalty between a soldier, between a commander and King David. Loyalty. 
And let me give you the context. King David, look at this next slide. He had a son named Absalom. Absalom. Now, Absalom, his son, did some terrible things, and, uh, and he ended up murdering a guy, and so he went on a run for his life. Absalom is very afraid that his daddy, King David, is going to kill him. But David had never been anything but faithful to Absalom. And so about three years later, Absalom returns with a big army to take out his daddy and to set himself up as king, to overthrow his father, to take his throne. That's not loyal. Look at this next slide. David had been faithful to Absalom, but he was being disloyal to his own father. And so now King David is really on the run trying to save his life from his son. And for one reason, he didn't really want to fight his son for obvious reasons. Now, the guy that I'm talking about this morning, look at this next slide. His name is Zidai. Zidai showed up on the scene. He's basically, he's basically really, he's a, more, a mercenary, he's a commander, he's got 600 men, and though he had no real skin in the game, he decided to be loyal to David when David's own son wasn't loyal. Let's look at it, you know, 2 Samuel chapter 15 in verse 19. And so Absalom and all his troops are coming, and the king said to Ittai the Gittite, Ittai the Gittite, poor guy, mama didn't love him. He says, why are you also going with us? That's what David says to him. Return and remain with the king. For you are a foreigner and also an exile from your own place. In fact, you came only yesterday. He said, why are you with me? Go back. Maybe Absalom will hire you to be, you know, to be part of his army. And, and you only got here yesterday. You don't owe me anything. Go, man. It's, things aren't looking good for me. Right? Should I make you wander up and down with us today since I go? I know not where. Return and take your brethren back. Mercy and truth be with you. David is like, man, you just go back. Right? My own family has betrayed me. And there's no reason for you to suffer these consequences. You go back. He's saying, here's a free pass, man. Don't lose your life. Don't let any of your men die. I look, mercy and truth be with you. You go back. But watch this loyalty. Look at verse 21. Benetai answered the king and said, As the Lord lives and as my Lord the king lives, surely in whatever place my Lord and the king shall be, whether in death or life, even there also your servant will be. Now, not only did he proclaim his loyalty, but he proved it. Ittai led his 600 men in battle for King David, and he fought so hard and was so heroic and was so loyal and faithful that after that, David actually put Ittai, who had only showed up the day before, he put Ittai over a third of his army. He elevated him and he promoted him because he's loyal. Ittai's like, even if it costs me my life, I'm loyal. I made a promise and I'm going to keep it. Now, what I want to do for the next few moments is it's a little bit different, and it's really because all of you raised your hand, right? Most of you raised your hand saying that you were loyal. Some of you didn't, so this rest of this message doesn't apply to you. But for all of us who raised our hands and said we're loyal people, I don't have to teach you this morning how to be loyal. I'm going to teach you how to be disloyal. Disloyal, okay? I'm going to preach with a little bit of sarcasm. So if you want to know where a lack of loyalty hurts the worst, here's where you you need to start. Number one, write this down. You start with your spouse. You start with your spouse. If you want to be disloyal to your spouse, just don't pay any attention to this verse. Malachi 2 verse 15 says, has not the one God made you? I'm going to let y'all flip. You belong to him in body and spirit. And what does the one God seek? Godly offspring. Godly offspring. 
I want to go on a tangent there and preach, but I'm going to stick here. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth. The man who hates and divorces his wife, says the Lord, the God of Israel, does violence to the one he should protect, says the Lord Almighty. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful. Eh, who cares about that? Who cares? Right? Divorce your wife. Well, he says here to be unfaithful to your wife, to divorce your wife is to do violence to the one that you should protect. She probably had it coming anyway, right? She probably had it coming. So basically, if you want to be disloyal, if you want to be unfaithful, then what you should do, the easiest way, the most obvious way is just commit adultery. Just commit adultery. Tell yourself, that's not being disloyal. Hey, you got to be true to you, right? Before I could be loyal to you, I got to be loyal to myself. And myself says, I need another woman. I need another man, right? If she's not making you happy, you owe it to yourself, don't you? To forget about the covenant you made with God? Easy, obvious. Again, I, I want to give you some more slicker, smoother ways of, of being disloyal. We talked about this last week. Now, by the way, last, this week's message is really just piggybacking off last week's because honor and loyalty go together. You find somebody with honor, they'll be loyal. You find a person that's loyal, they're going to live probably with honor. We talked about this last week. One way to not show honor to your wife or your husband, not to be loyal to your wife, maybe you can make fun of her and take little pot shots at her in public, right? Kind of get on to her publicly and kind of embarrass her. But always mask it with humor so that when she gets upset, you can go, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Why are you so sensitive? Just tear her apart with jokes. Then when you get home, what she can do is just rip you apart in front of the kids. Right? You just tear her apart with jokes in public. And then in private or around the children, she can tear you apart and talk about why, why aren't you leading our family? Why aren't you a, a godly man? Right? Why don't you do what you're supposed to do? If, why aren't you a provider like so-and-so? Why aren't you a godly man and a leader? Why aren't you like what Brother Marcus talks about on Sunday morning? You just tear him down in front of his kids and you'll be disloyal. Another way you can be disloyal to your spouse is by looking lustfully at another person. Jesus says in the word of God that anyone who looks at a woman with lust in, in his heart has committed adultery with her. So when you look at somebody with lust, you're committing adultery with them in your heart. So next time you go out to eat and a beautiful person walks by, you just stare at them and follow with your eyes and, and let your eyes linger. Just gawk, baby. You don't even have to do it with your eyes. Just have disloyal thoughts. Ladies, you can be disloyal in the way you dress. You can be disloyal in the way you... I said it. You can be disloyal in the way you dress. Ultimately, though, one of the best ways of being disloyal is just put anything ahead of your marriage. Anything. It could be your work. It could be a hobby. It could be your friends. Man, it could be your yard. It could be anything. The pursuit of material things. A great way to be disloyal to your spouse or to your family is to put anything in front of them and put them in second, third, fourth, fifth place. Now, another way to be disloyal, in a place where it really hurts, number two, write this down, is when it comes to your friends. When it comes to your friends. Uh, this is one of the areas when we think about disloyalty, we think about the most. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times, not just when it's convenient, and her brother is born for adversity. You want to know who your friends are? When things go bad and everything goes south, look around and see who's still there. That's who your friends are. One great way to be disloyal to your friend is to gossip about them. 
right? If you want to be disloyal to your friend, just gossip, right? Let them come to you and feel like they can unburden themselves with things going on in their life and lay that down uh, so that you can minister to them. And then when they do that, you take that information and you stab them in the back when they're not around. That's a great way to be disloyal. That's a great way to do it. Just gossip about them. Run them down. Use the fact that they trust you against them and hurt them. That's disloyal. Or another great way to do it, not, you don't have to gossip. You could sit there and listen to somebody else gossip about them. That's another great way to be disloyal. I mean, don't correct it. Don't, right, don't stop listening to it. Don't tell them to hush it up or tell them the truth. Right? Just listen to gossip. That's being disloyal. If they ask you something and you know the answer is going to hurt their feelings, you want to be disloyal, don't tell them the truth. Don't tell them the truth. Your job is to make them feel good, right? And no matter what, if you've got a true friend, never ever confront them when they're doing something wrong. Right? Because they might not like that. Don't love them enough to stand in the way and say, man, because I'm your friend. This is wrong. You, you got to think about this. And if you really want to be disloyal, and whenever that relationship goes through a hard time, you can just walk away. Cut them loose. Right? Don't do the biblical thing to forgive and work through it. You can just walk away and be disloyal. What kind of friend are you? What kind of friend are you? Now, another place, number three, write this down, where we can be disloyal is the church. And I'm talking about the capital C, universal church, and the lowercase c, local church. We can be disloyal to the church. Very disloyal. See, the New Testament Christians, specifically, when you look at the book of Acts, they were fanatical about this Jesus thing. I mean, they, they took him seriously. They believed in the church and all of that. And so often, people today don't feel like they have time for church. We want to add a little bit of Jesus in our lives and, and, and not so much that it takes us away from anything else to be different or anything else. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says, And they continued steadfastly, say that word, steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. You don't have time for that. They were like this little community. They did life together. They were cared about one another, ministered to one another, got into uh, committed relationships with one another. I mean, let's be honest. What's the point if we can't disagree and fight and divide, Right? Acts 2 verse 46 says, continuing daily with one accord in the temple. That seems a little overboard. Daily. So how can you be disloyal to the church? Well, one of the ways you can be disloyal to the church is by attending sporadically. Attending sporadically. The good news is some of you have got this down pretty good. So you, you're there. If you're wanting to be disloyal, you've nailed it. You can approach it with a consumer mindset. Why you start to think that the church is there for you and that you aren't there for the church. You don't give, don't get involved, don't serve, don't use the gifts that God has given you because the church exists for you. And if you do give, if you do get involved, if you do serve, if you do use your gifts, make sure it's super, 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 super convenient. All right? Then you can be disloyal. If you really want to be disloyal, the first time there's something that you don't like, you just leave. You didn't like that sermon about loyalty? You just go home. Get mad. Leave. Don't work on things. Don't grow. Don't develop. If somebody takes a program away, if somebody didn't, doesn't smile and say hi to you, somebody doesn't shake your hand. I mean, you know, I've heard a cry. If somebody doesn't shake your hand, right? If your kid gets in an argument with another kid, that's it. We're never going there again. 
And then when people ask why you left, don't tell them the real reason. You say, I just didn't feel like I was getting fed. That would be disloyal. All right, that's the end of the sarcasm. I'm done with that, okay? It's like preaching opposite, okay? Preaching opposite. But what, what I'm trying to get you to see is that disloyalty is difficult to spot in ourselves. We consider ourselves to be loyal people, but often we have very disloyal actions, right? We acknowledge that disloyalty is a problem. God's word says a lot about loyalty, but most of us don't think it applies to us. Here's the truth, the hard, hard truth. Look at this next slide. Most of us are basically loyal to ourselves, right? I mean, if you're being honest, that's true about me. Isn't it true about I mean, Really? Where the rubber meets the road, you know, we're loyal to ourselves. So where does this disloyalty come from? Where does a lack of loyalty in our hearts and our lives with our families, with our church, with our, where does it come from? Write this down. Look at this next slide. Abracadabra. Disloyalty comes from a divided heart. Where does disloyalty come from? It comes from a divided heart. Think about loyalty from God's perspective. God created us to show us his love and to have an intimate, ongoing fellowship, relationship with us. And he was so loyal to us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He loved us so much that he sent his only son to die for our sins. That even when we were faithless, even when we weren't being loyal, he remained faithful and loyal towards us. And here's what he asked. Look at this next line. He asked for all of our hearts. All of it. The problem is many times we're divided. Our hearts are divided. One time Jesus was asked, hey, what's the great commandment? What's the most important thing? Matthew 22, verse 37. Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He wants all of your hearts. Many of you, if you're really honest, you'd have to say, you know, my heart's divided. I, Jesus doesn't really have all of my heart. I know I'm, I trusted him. I feel like I'm saved, but I, I don't know. I feel divided. What do you do? James chapter 4 and verse 8 says this. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. See, when I get close to God, when I get close to his goodness, and I see his uh, faithfulness, and I see my unfaithfulness, when I see his loyalty, I see my disloyalty, if it doesn't grieve me and drive me to my knees to the point of repentance, then something's wrong with me. Because there's nothing wrong with him. That God has been perfectly faithful to me, yet at times I find myself being disloyal. And what the Word of God says is we need to lament, mourn, and weep because we have not been faithful, right? But what our life says, and we would probably never say this out loud, but what our life says, I want God and I want my stuff. I want a little bit of Jesus and a whole lot of whatever else I want. I mean, I want to be loyal. I'm a loyal person after all, but only in as much as it benefits me, me. And what we need is deep repentance. God has been loyal to you. 
Can you honestly say that you have been loyal to God? The question is, are you even willing to be loyal to God? Are you even willing? Proverbs 21 verse 21 says, He who pursues righteousness and, say it church, loyalty finds life, righteousness, and honor. He who pursues righteousness and loyalty finds life, righteousness, and honor. The question for us as believers this morning, will we pursue righteousness and loyalty to find life, righteousness, and honor? I hope you will. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word. God, we just uh, pray that your word would do what it does. God, that you would help us to see in the mirror uh, God, any area of unfaithfulness in our hearts and our lives. Lord, if it's with our family, our friends, or your church, or with you, God, I thank you that forgiveness is real. And God, that you will heal every broken heart. God, I ask that you would empower us to embrace and to live, not just say, but to prove by our actions, our loyalty to the people that you've placed in our lives. And God, to you with everything in us. Listen, every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. Those of you this morning, you know that you're saved. You know that you've been forgiven. The Holy Spirit confirms in your heart, as divided as it may seem, that you are a child of God. You know that you're saved. And simply this morning, I just wanted to highlight this area of loyalty. But maybe in your heart, you recognize, you know what? I want to draw close to God. That's what I want. I want to first be loyal to him who was loyal to me when I was unfaithful. I want to be loyal to Jesus so that I can truly be loyal to others. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Is that your prayer this morning? Slip your hand up, believers. Is that your prayer? All over, all over, all over. Father God, we just again, we ask you to help us to see who we really are. Not the lie that we tell ourselves. Not the version of us that we present only on Sunday morning. But God, show us any unfaithfulness in our hearts. And God, I thank you that you forgive us and that you cleanse us. And Lord, we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit to help us to become more like you. Lord, help us to be loyal people first and foremost to you, to your son with everything in us. Listen, with every head bowed, every eye closed, as you continue to pray this morning, may there's some of you here, like so often, you recognize that you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. That your heart's not just divided, it's broken. You want to draw close to God who's been so loyal and good to you that he's brought you here for this moment so that he could save you. So that he could redeem you. Look up for just a second. Here's how loyal God was to you. When you didn't deserve it. That even while you were a sinner, he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross. A cruel Roman cross. So he could take the punishment for your sin. Because that's what your sin deserves. Punishment. Condemnation. And Christ took it upon himself. Because somebody had to pay Somebody had to pay. He was so loyal to you 
that he took that upon himself knowing the things that you would do knowing where you've been what you've done what you've seen who you've hurt and who hurt you he died for them too knowing all of that he willingly allowed himself to be led like a lamb to the slaughter so he could pay the price for your sins so that anyone who calls on his name will be saved anyone who trusts him as Lord and Savior Romans 10 13 says for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved you know, I shared that verse this week on social media. I had a couple people kind of argue with it. It was just the verse. If you've got a problem with that, you've got a problem with the Word of God and the God of the Word. He says that anyone, so you right here, right now, in this moment, if you respond to the call of God and say, yes, I'm a sinner, I've been unfaithful. I've been disloyal to God. I have sinned. I've done things that Christ had to go to a cross and pay for. I've done it. I'm a sinner. But if you turn from your sin and you turn to Jesus, he'll save you. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. When you place your trust in his death, burial, and resurrection for your salvation, he will save you, man, and he'll forgive you forever. Do you know him? Let's pray one more time. Bow your head and close your eyes all over. Bow your head and close your eyes. No looking around. Be respectful of those around you. Christian, pray for your neighbors. In this moment, right now, you know that you need to receive Jesus Christ. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want to pray with you. I just want that privilege. No one's looking. And I promise you, I won't embarrass you, single you out in any way. I promise you. But right now in this moment, just a sign of your submission to God, you want to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Would you slip your hand up for just a second? I see you. God bless you. Who else? God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hands down. Right there in your seat. You know that it's not the words. It's not a password. It's not a code. It's you humbling your heart before God. Maybe right there, right now, you can simply say, Father God, just tell him, acknowledge, admit, confess. Father God, I'm a sinner. I've been disloyal. I've done things that are displeasing to you. But Lord, I repent. I turn from my sin and I'm turning to Jesus. Save me, Jesus. Tell him, say, Lord, I'm putting my faith in your death, burial, and resurrection for my salvation. You said, whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, I'm calling on your name right now. Save me, Jesus. I want to promise you, you come to God in humbleness and sincerity. You pray that prayer. You call on the name of Christ. He just saved you. You need to follow through and be baptized. Believer's baptism. We're, we want to have a baptism in one of our other services this morning where you come and publicly unite with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. Not ashamed. A public profession of faith. Maybe you're here this morning and you've prayed that prayer before, before this morning and you know that you need to be baptized. Why don't you come? We'll celebrate with rejoice with you. Maybe you recognize your salvation and your baptism are just out of whack. We get saved, then we get baptized. You can get that right. Come this morning. We'll rejoice and celebrate with you. Maybe this morning you recognize that Grace Baptist Church is your church home. God has called you here. And you want to be loyal to the calling of God on your life. And you want to come and officially unite with this church. Why don't you come this morning and do it? Put on the jersey. Be part of the team. Grow in grace right here at Grace. 
But this morning, during this invitation, I want to encourage you. However God is speaking, whatever burden you have, whatever you need to do to do business with your good God, do it this morning. Father God, we surrender this invitation to you. We love you. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Will you stand with me? You come. Don't wait. I've wandered far away from God. Now I'm coming.